Hi there, Paul Teague here, just popping up in a place that you don't normally hear me. Two things that I need to tell you about before we have the podcast introduction music. Number one, make sure you listen right to the end of the podcast. That's beyond the outro music, because I've got a little surprise for you tucked away right at the end there. And you might not catch it if you don't listen right through. And also, number two, there's quite a lot of numbers in today's podcast. So what I recommend you do is go to selfpublishingjourneys.com slash numbers. And I've put all the numbers that I'm talking about on the web page there so that you can follow them through. It's quite a lot of numbers and it's best listening to this podcast, I think, watching the numbers, looking at the numbers on the page, and then you can follow through everything I'm saying. So that's selfpublishingjourneys.com slash numbers. Okay, let's roll the music. Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 79, for Saturday the 16th of December, 2017. So this is going to be confusing for you because at the time you're listening to this, I'm probably in Spain, just beginning to make my way back. But at the time of recording this, I haven't yet been to Spain. Confusing, isn't it? So it's a funny old diary because I've been out traveling and exploring the Spanish countryside this week and I haven't got anything done. Not writing wise anyway, or certainly not anything that I can record and tell you about yet. So um, this is going to be a special edition because this is the 40th day, the day I'm recording this, since I had my BookBub ad. And I just wanted to give you some reviews now so that you can get a real feel of the long-term value of a BookBub promo. So this is the 40th day since my BookBub promo went out. So if you remember, it was for Don't Tell Meg. Don't Tell Meg is the first in a trilogy of thrillers. So let me just give you some stats because I think these are really useful to put things in context. What I did is I worked out how much I was earning on a just a normal month before the BookBub even came in. So let's go uh, two months or a month, a full month before the BookBub even took place. So between September the 1st of this year and September the 30th, on just a normal bog standard month, just selling what I normally sell without any promos, I made £225.75. And then the month after that, now I haven't put the full month in because the BookBub promo was on October the 30th. So I've excluded October the 30th and October the 31st in these figures. So in October, before the BookBub came in, I had made only £162.82. So that was going to be less money than the month before. Then in the last two days of October, so October the 30th, that was the day of the book bub ad, and October the 31st, I then made in two days £380.13. So that was more than I earned total in September, and more than I'd earned, well, twice what I'd earned across the whole of the previous part of October. So, of course, things got better than that. Those are small figures. And when we get into November, I track the figures from the 30th of October to November the 30th. So the full, the first full month of BookBub. So we, we get slightly out of sync with the months here, but I think it makes more sense to say this is what I earned in the month 
after BookBub. So between the 30th of October, that was the day that we did the BookBub promo, and the 30th of November, I broke the £4,500 mark, so I earned £4,505.94 in that time. Now, at the time of recording this, and you know, I'm just going to check this because it's, it, it was really frustrating with the figures because I didn't quite break the £5,000 mark. And if I just happened to be lucky enough to make <laughs> made another sale in between when I took that screenshot and when I'm recording this, you never know, I might just have broken uh, the barrier. So let's just do a quick check. No. Oh, hang on. It's just refreshing. Hang on. Go on. Go on. No, I haven't. I haven't sold another book since I took that screenshot. So... Uh, tantalizingly, in the 40 days um, since BookBub, uh, right up to date, this is bang up to date when I'm recording this, um, I've earned just short of £5,000. But to be honest with you, by the time we get past midnight, I'm, I would, I think it's pretty safe to say that we'll have made, I'll have made £5,000. I'm confident enough of the way the sales are coming in at the moment. So 40 days to £5,000. That, that's how long it's taken with a BookBub ad. And then the other statistic, which is which is interesting, this is why I've given you full month statistics. So in the first eight days of this month, so between December the 1st and December the 8th, I've earned, a sorry, I beg your pardon, 491 pounds, 39 pence. So again, that's probably going to be about 500 pounds by the time this day is over, this 40th day is over, just because I know how much is coming in at the moment, roughly every day. So you know, look at those numbers. Um, I, I was just, I know that people are at different stages in their author career, but so I, I, you know, I guess £225 a month, £162 a month for an unknown, you know, struggling author, <laughs> uh, doing no promos at all, just letting them sit there on Amazon. Uh, you know, it's not horrendous. There are, there are people doing worse, but it's not very good, is it? It's not enough to make a living out of. Um, so those numbers were very, very low. And I certainly wasn't happy with them. To me, that that's a negligible um, amount of income. Now, I know that if you haven't sold any books yet, or if you're selling, you know, just a couple a month, that you will dream of those figures. But I think that we hit tiers with this. And uh, in, in terms of my tier, I've kind of, um, I think in May, I did my first promo with, um, it was with Free Booksy. And I had my first thousand, was it thousand dollar month? I don't think it was thousand pound month, was it? I think it was a thousand dollar month. Um, so I've had a thousand dollar month in May this year. And then, um, after that petered out. Um, and to be honest with you, it's interesting because free books, he peters out a lot, um, faster than this book bub has petered out. As you can see, it's still going pretty strong. Um, and, and so when I was falling down then to my level after that, it was about 225 pounds. Probably if we averaged that out, it's about 200 pounds, uh, per month. Again, if you're making nothing, I know those are subs that you dream of, but I, I kind of need to be moving that on now. I've been doing this a reasonable amount of time and that needs to be, to be better. Um, so BookBub makes a huge difference. I, I, I know I haven't quite reached the 5,000 yet, but it's pretty safe to say by the time we get to Saturday morning, if I looked at my results on Saturday morning, the Saturday morning I start to travel over to Spain, I'm pretty sure that's going to be, um, 5,000 pounds. So, um, that's, Good income. That's not to be um, sniffed. I'm very, very happy with that. And and the other thing that that I want to say to you, you could tell this by the way from the fact that we've made or I've made four hundred ninety one pounds thirty nine in eight days. Um, I'm actually making more than fifty pounds a day at the moment. So for four nine one point three nine share eight equals. So I'm averaging at still 
this far out of that book bub at £61 uh, per day. Uh, compared to, let's just take my September figure, uh, £225, we'll just share that by 30 that was £7.50 a day. So a lot more than I was making before the book bub. So I guess this is the thing that has surprised me about this book bub ad. I, I honestly thought that we'd get a good uh, get a good run. I didn't think it would be that good. I thought we'd I'd shift I thought I'd shift a lot of free books. I didn't know whether people would read through the series and buy more books. I really didn't know what the impact would be. And I suspected, just based on my experience with free booksy before, that the bottom would just drop out of it at some point, that I'd see a tail off and that would be it. We'd be back to the, the same old numbers. But but this far out, that hasn't happened. £60 a day for books is great. So if we if we say in December, let, let's just say, just say it's by the time we get to the end of December, that's, that's £40 on average a day. 31 days in December times 40, that's going to be over £1,000. Uh, that's £1,240 over the month. So I'm probably going to have another, um, I think it's, I th- again, I think it's safe to say, I think this month, December, is probably going to be a thousand pound month. Um, that's a good month. It's not good enough for me. Not good, you know, not good enough to consider, uh, giving up day jobs and things like that. But that's another good month. And I didn't expect to have another good month like that. It's going uh, well then, you know, 60 pounds. So I'm at the, the days are varying. Sometimes a 50 pound day, sometimes a 70, 80 pound day. Um, so it is, it is varying, but it's averaging out, you know, 60 something pounds at the moment today, which is, uh, which is great. I had no clue that it would go on for that long. So let's take a look at how that breaks down by store now. As I would expect, the majority of the sales are in the US store. So at the moment on day 40, 67.4% of my sales have been in the US store. 22.5% of my sales have been in the UK store, 6.5% in the Canadian store, 3% in the Australian store. And then this is the one I, I'm pleased about and a little bit mystified about. I don't know whether this is a legacy from the original promo. I can't believe I'm still selling uh, in India, but 0.3% in India and 0.3% in the rest of the world. So uh, just at a personal and strategic level, I'm happy about that Indian uh, number. I'm very happy that I'm even registering at all in the Indian stores because that's a huge market and I will be very delighted, f- frankly, to, to be selling anything in India. Uh, but I see that as building uh, an audience in a new territory. So that's a breakdown by country. Let me give you some breakdown by by books now, a few more other numbers. Now, the, the thing that I think is really uh, important about this and to make the most of BookBub. And this is where I made the most of my free books. The the trick, there's a couple of ninja tricks that I need to share with you here. The ninja trick is that the reads that you get, if you, so when I I did my free books here, we broke a thousand dollars, I think it was. And when I broke these, these numbers, these barriers for this free booksy, this, uh, I beg your pardon, this BookBub promo. Um, The strategy was to go all in with Kindle I wasn't selling books on any of the other platforms because my personal experience is I sell, I sell some, but, but, but barely any. The trick I learned with the free booksy promo in May was that the page reads were what accelerated my earnings there because I'd gone into KDP or Kindle Unlimited. Um, and, uh, so I got Kindle exclusive. The page reads make a huge difference to your income. Now, of course, what I don't know, because I didn't do it in either of those promos, is if I'd have made the book wide and free, would I have got read-throughs on Kobo? Would I have got read-throughs on Apple? 
let me put it this way. There's no way am I risking it. Not after seeing free booksy and not after seeing the numbers that I've got with this promo. So uh, the totals now, this is the totals for 40 days out. Uh, the number of page reads I've had currently is 794,980. 794,980 page reads. Of those, 221,226, I round these up actually, but the 221,000, I'm rounding now just for ease of getting through the numbers. 221,000 were The Murder Place, which is book two. 186, I think that is, the print's quite small on my screen. 186,000 were The Forgotten Children, which is book three. And then Don't Tell Meg, which was originally free, remember? Remember that was the free book. Don't Tell Meg has had 297,000 page reads. And my income from Don't Tell Meg, which was the free book, that was what I was giving away free, I've had income of £1,166 on Don't Tell Meg, even though that was free. So the legacy is that clearly people have found it or it's moved it up in the charts on Amazon. But but I've still made huge sales on Don't Tell Meg, even though I was giving that away for free. And if you remember, uh, in, in the time that it was available for free, I got rid of 43,335 copies of that book. 43,335 copies of that book. Now, let me just give you a couple of comparisons. Um, in this month, I've had the Secret Bunker Trilogy 1 um, as a freebie, just as a, a week-long promo to use up my, my free days on Amazon. And doing nothing, I did nothing with it at all, really. I just let it sit there. By comparison, if you just let it sit there, I had um, 1,034 um, free downloads and 4,500, I'm rounding again, um, page reads. So uh, an absolute fraction if you just kind of let it flop out there. And with the grid, I did nothing at all with it. I just let it sit there. Uh, 280, um, what was that? That was the free downloads, 280 free downloads and 3,227 page reads. So just letting it flop out and doing nothing with it, not giving the extra acceleration that a book bubble or a free booksy gives you a fairly fairly not it's not pointless is it nothing's pointless because that's getting your book into lots of hands and then of course the advantage of that is that i hope i hope i then get uh, read-throughs in both of those trilogies but but you can see they they pale into insignificance when you've got the the wind behind you that a book bub will give you so the totals then i've had uh, in terms of sales since the bookbub, and remember these aren't just now bookbub sales. This is this is kind of everything. Uh, in the last forty days, I've had one thousand two hundred and thirty-four paid sales, but also, of course, a lot of my income is coming from those page reads. So, so the lessons are then, um, for me, are to go exclusive with Amazon and make sure you can capitalize on those page reads. There are nearly, nearly a million page reads. No, it's not nearly a million, is it? It's, what is it? Well, it's nearly 800,000 page reads. Well, you're getting near a million page reads, which is, which is pretty astonishing. Uh, 44,725 books given away, 1,234 book sales in that period. I could not have created anywhere near those numbers, uh, you know, without doing the, the freebie combo um, and also writing in series. The trick has been that Don't Tell Meg is the first of a trilogy. Fortunately, it looks like enough people have enjoyed it to then go on 
um, having bought the, uh, having got the freebie to go and buy the next two books. And that's driven sales for me. Now, would I have done as well if Don't Tell Meg had been a standalone? I don't think I would have. I don't see how I could have because another part of my sales, incidentally, was that I, I've also sold uh, copies of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy box set. Uh, seven. Uh, let's just get the lines up. Hang on. It's 20. Sorry, I'm struggling with this screen here. Uh, 29 copies of the box set at £186.83 into my pocket. And then here's the other ninja trick that, well, I, I have the box set available, of course, but also I've put books two and three in a mini box set. So if you, if you get Don't Tell Meg for free, it's cheaper to buy the, the two book box set with the last two books of the series in that it is to get the full box set. And I sold 350 pounds worth of those box sets. And the other thing, of course, is they've contributed massively to my page reads. So we've, we've sold over a hundred box set versions. Now, where I, where I've got to with that is I've now uh, just published my third thriller this week, One Fatal Error. So I have three standalone thrillers. Uh, Dead of Night, One Fatal Error, and Burden of Guilt. And I have box-setted those. As They're not a trilogy, they're not a series, but I've box-setted those. And when I get back from Spain, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the two... I'm going to make a, a mega box set, so I'm going to have all six of my thrillers in a mega box set. And they're going to... They're all going to be... They're always priced cheaper, so it, it costs you less to buy a huge box set. But obviously, I, I make more money from that. So... Uh, I'm going to make a box set of six with all the thrillers in. And then of the standalone thrillers, if you read Dead of Night first, I'm going to let you buy um, One Fatal Error and Burden of Guilt as a as a two-pack box set. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to bundle the standalones as two-pack box sets too. So that's going to give me another three two-pack box sets. Now, I'm going to keep trying to get my books on BookBub. But if I get one of the standalones on BookBub, I want to give myself as much of a chance as possible of getting read-throughs because that's where the real money is made when you write in a series. And because they're not naturally part of a trilogy, I've created um, products that people can buy that will help me to get to squeeze more money out of that deal. But I'm going to try. I'm going to in 2018. I'm going to have a. I'm going to be absolutely ruthless with this. Now I've seen what a bookbub could do. Um, I think, and I have to just check the the details. I think you could submit for a bookbub once every three months. I'm going to have all these dates marked in my calendar and I'm just going to keep submit, 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 submit. I got, uh, what is it? 13 published books now. I'm going to just keep submitting them on a three month cycle. Submit, 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 submit until they give in and let me have book bubs. I really want one on the grid trilogy. I really, really want one on the grid trilogy. Now, I don't think science fiction will do as well as the thrillers did. I suspect that the, the kind of read throughs and the buy throughs will be less, but I'd really love to get one of my sci-fi's in there now and the grid is probably the strongest sci-fi in terms of reader reaction now when I was making my notes for this show I knew there was something I wanted to tell you and I couldn't remember what it is and I've remembered what it is now so if you just bear with me while I'm tapping away on the screen here the thing that I've also noticed about the book bub I don't usually look at my reviews but um, the book bub has increased my reviews tremendously. Now, I can't remember how many reviews I had on Don't Tell Meg uh, before we started, but let me just go into Don't Tell Meg. Uh, in the UK, we're up to 19 reviews now, um, but it was in the States I noticed a huge difference. Let me just go to the States and have a look at that. Um, in the States, I've now got 57 reviews. Now, I've never had that many 
reviews on a book. Uh, it gets reviewed slightly less well in the States than it does in the UK, probably because it's a very, it's a very English book. It was interesting. Um, I'd sent the one fatal error I'd sent to a beta reader who was in the States. And she was saying to me as part of her feedback, I'd used a few phrases in there. I'm just trying to think what the phrase was. They were, they were, they were very, um, English stroke British phrases. And she hadn't got a clue. So I'd used a uh, boiler suit and they call them uh, coveralls in the States. Uh, that's an example. She didn't know what a boiler suit was, uh, for instance. And um, so, you know, we have, if 62% or more of my audience is in the States, I have to be aware of these things. And um, my thrillers are quite, uh, I say archetypally British. That makes them sound twee, like an Agatha Christie or something like that. Um, but they do have English language and English phrases in. I haven't made those thrillers... Um, as I did with my sci-fi, USA-centric. They are very, they're English thrillers, well, British thrillers. So that's something I think I have to consider. And I'm guessing sometimes that's maybe why the USA are marking it down slightly, because if you're English or British, I should say, and you read them, you'll have no trouble with them at all. But it, maybe the Americans are having some slight problems with some of the language that I'm using. But because we're self-publishing, that's something I can change really easily. If I feel that that's a problem, then I can go back and change them. Now, just to let you know, the uh, the next book, um, so I have um, 50-whatever-it-was on Don't Tell Meg as a result of the book bub. So that's the most reviews I've got in any book. We're, we're kind of getting into decent review numbers now. That's really kind of helpful. And that might be why Don't Tell Meg, of course, is selling books beyond the book bub. So it was free in the book bub, but I'm still selling lots of Don't Tell Megs. So maybe... Those reviews, the fact that I've, I've shifted so many and I've got so many reviews now, maybe that's helping to sell the book. Who knows? But the only book I've got close to it is The Grid Fall of Justice, which just does, it does really well in the US and the UK. Um, and The Grid Fall of Justice in the USA has got 32 reviews at the moment. And there, what's the average there for? So the average is 4.4 out of five stars on that. Um, so the grid actually gets reviewed best. Uh, in the USA, the, uh, but, but but then you see the language I Americanized in my two sci-fi books. So maybe there's a lesson there for me. So there's quite a lot of information there, I know, uh, but I hope that's really um, useful for you. I, I, you know, I'm delighted. You can tell I'm absolutely delighted by that. I've just been winding up my crime thriller giveaway that I did on Insta Freebie. You'll have heard me mention this in last week's diary. But since I recorded that, I, I've just wrapped it up and got the final numbers. And it was really nice to have a podcast listener, uh, Duncan Simpson, who topped the charts. Uh, I always do a top 10 when I do Insta Freebie giveaways. It's amazing how competitive it makes people, but I'm sure it, it makes people work harder to send more traffic to the event. But Duncan, I know, took part in the first, uh, took part in the first giveaway that I did earlier in the year. And I think he was struggling with his list then. And I think he's absolutely delighted that he's topped the charts. I mean, that's, that's really quite something, uh, because there were some people with some big lists in there. So congratulations, Duncan. Well, well done with that. I know, I know you're chuffed about doing that as well. But, you know, in terms of progression, I just thought I'd mention it because in the last giveaway that Duncan did, I, you know, I know, I know he, um, he wasn't able to send that much traffic to the giveaway. Yet in a period of six months, whatever he's been doing, He's he's now at the top of a leaderboard, and it all starts with a single step to coin a phrase. Um, he wouldn't have been able to do it six months ago, but he's able to top a chart six months 
time. So you, he might have felt, and I'm sure he felt fairly dejected about the first time that he took part of the giveaway, the traffic that he sent. But look what a difference six months can take. So in terms of Paul's daily motivational speech, the, the kind of moral of this is we just have to keep stepping forward. We just have to keep going um, in the and, and trying to improve. Um, because I bet Duncan would never have thought six months ago that he was even capable of topping a chart like that. And here he is right at the top. I only give away tiny prizes, but he's won the $10 prize for being the top promoter. Uh, and he gets to be the top of the little graphic, the chart that I create on the leaderboard. Uh, so congratulations to that, Duncan. Thanks ever so much for taking part and, and, you know, really well done on that result. It was fantastic. A uh, couple of other things to tell you before we finish. I, to this morning in the post, I got the paperback copy of One Fatal Error. And I know you're probably sick of, you're sick of probably hearing two things at the moment. The, the two things that I'm guessing you're sick of, but I'm still going to sell them. I'm, I'm still going to tell you them is, um, you've got till 20th of December to book your place for 20 books London. That's the one thing you'll be sick of hearing. But the other thing you'd be sick of hearing is how much I love vellum. But, um, one fatal error. I, I have the vellum paperback edition. I, oh, it's just so easy to do. So it squirts out of vellum. I uploaded it to create space, published it sent off for a copy and it's brilliant it looks absolutely perfect when I think of the hassle in my loft because I, I take it when I'm doing talks about self-publishing I have all the first copies of the secret bunker and, and various books that I've done I've got so much better at it now that I don't have lots of um, thrown away versions but if you look at the process that I had to go through with the secret bunker messing around with covers trying matte and gloss trying to get the book size right and then when I'd done it trying to get the formatting right to just format that book in Vellum. You just upload the Word file. It does all the beautiful formatting for you. It makes it look fantastic. You squirt it out, upload it to Kindle, get your PDF file for Create Space. And this this paperback that I've got today just looks brilliant. So happy with it. And none of the pain and agony that I used to go through to to achieve that. Um, so it just, it really is worth spending on Vellum if, uh, if you could really stretch to it and make sure you get the paperback uh, version as well. It's just an absolute breeze to do. And um interestingly, I just wanted to mention something about that because I wanted to go to KDP uh, Cover Creator. You know, you can now create paperback versions within the KDP uh, dashboard rather than going to Create Space. And because they now let you send yourself um, a trial copy, a sample copy, um, before you actually publish, I thought, oh, I'll give this a try again. But I found another problem with it. Um, the way I've been bootstrapping strapping my thrillers, and, and you've seen or you've heard about the number of copies of Don't Tell Meg I got rid of. So I, I've kind of done a cheapo way to get my thriller covers out. I got somebody on Fiverr to design a format for me. And because I know enough about Photoshop to change layers and just do a little bit of layout change, I've basically used the original template that I got from Fiverr, which was, I think, $25, $30 by the time I, I got it. And I've used that now for six, uh, well, the next cover, um, the, the next book I'm about to write is going to use the same format. So I've used it to create seven covers for. Now, it's because I can't afford um, to pay for seven covers at three to four hundred pounds. It's just too much for me. So I thought I, I'm writing the book so fast. I've got to find a way of, of getting reasonable covers out there so I can start selling the books. Now, the interesting thing about this is you've, you've heard how many books uh, or copies of Don't Tell Meg I've shifted. So this doesn't seem to be affecting anything, frankly. You know, I know they're not great book covers, but it doesn't seem to be affecting sales. So I'm going with it. It saved me a lot of money and, and let me get more books out faster and cheaper. Uh, and the book bub suggests that it hasn't been a problem. 
Um, so, so what I do with those covers is I, I take the Kindle cover in Create Space and I use the template that allows me to just use the Kindle cover on the, the front. And then I match the color in the color picker as closely as I can to the picture that I've got um, and just use their cover creator. And it helps to make a really nice cover. Now it looks great. The one I've got today, one fatal error, I've virtually got an exact color match with the color and it just looks like a proper cover. It looks fantastic. Um, but it means I can produce with a combination of vellum and cover creator and using this strategy, I could get paperbacks out there really cheap and really fast. None of the hassle that I had. And I don't sell many paperbacks, um, uh, though having said that, I'm selling more paperbacks than I ever have at the moment, uh, but it's still not a lot. Um, particularly my MailChimp book, it just keeps selling. It's great. Um, and I, I never, I know I forget, I never mentioned my nonfiction. I know I don't, but it, it's selling really well. If you think it goes for nine ninety nine a time, you know, I, I can't remember how many copies I sold last month, but it was well worth having. Um, in a small way, in a, in a couple of hundred pound kind of, uh, of sales kind of way. Not, we're not anywhere near the book bubs, but again, selling more paperbacks than I have before. So what you can't do when you, uh, unless I missed it or messed it up, but when you put your book your paperback into uh, KDP Select, into that dashboard. You can't use a cover creator. What you have to do is upload a full PDF cover, which which is the whole book cover, the, the front, the back, and the spine. Now, that is a whole extra level of of tech. you kind of got to get a cover creator to do that because there's all sorts of technicals with getting the spine width correct. And so, yet again, I abandoned that. And I went back to create space because I, what I want in the KDP dashboard is that cover creator because it allows me to get my covers out cheaply. And there's no way um, am I then going to have to pay to have a full cover made up and go go through all the nonsense of getting the spine right and everything. So um, that is another limitation of using this new paperback system. Now, what I hope they don't do is I hope they don't pull create space before they put all the proper features back in there because that's going to be a problem for us. It's going to stop us making uh, cheaper, high quality looking covers uh, if they do that. So I, I hope they don't pull the plug on create space before they put that cover creator back because that is going to, um, is going to be a problem. Um, now I never use the cover creator. I never use their kind of site. You can tell a cover creator cover a mile off. I always use the one that allows me to put a photograph on the front. So my Kindle cover on the front and then the spine and the back, I color pick, um, a color. And it's just plain at the side there. And it just makes life really sweet. I put an author photo on, uh, put the, well, they put the barcode on and it just works really well. It's a real cheap way of getting your paperbacks. But you see, another thing I learned or I have learned since I've been indie publishing, um, the first covers I got, I got all the proper PDF files done, paid three, 400 quid for the covers, got a proper, the proper cover done. Um, and it's a pain in the butt to do and it cost me a fortune and then I barely sell any paperbacks uh, I sell far more electronic books and that's where my interest lies I want my books to be available in paperback for people who prefer them but I don't shift enough to to, to make you know to make a big effort with it to make fantastic covers and spend a fortune on this so it's much more cost effective to create a nice Kindle cover and then to use create space cover creator to, to produce a book so it's available for readers who'd rather read a paperback using vellum to to very, very cheaply format it and make it look fantastic and really polished. Um, to me, that's just more cost effective from a business point of view. So there you go, just a little sideline there just to let you know some of the limitations I found in that new paperback creator in the KDP dashboard.
One last thing to mention this week then, uh, and that's to thank Pip Reed for becoming a Patreon supporter for self-publishing journeys. You can support this podcast by supporting me on Patreon and becoming a $1 or a $3 a month sponsor. Um, or you could sponsor me through uh, PayPal, where you can either uh, give a one-off donation to support the podcast, the cost of the time involved in producing it, um, or you could do a recurring figure a number of of your choice in paypal so i'll give it a couple of options there for supporting the podcast uh, but pip's just become a new supporter of the podcast i mean pip frankly has been a supporter of the podcast for a long time now thank you very much for that pip and she supports me by uh, pr- uh retweeting by liking posts by sharing posts and just by getting involved in the social media conversation by giving me uh, you know feedback and and just getting involved in the podcast so thank you very much pip you're a very valued member of the community pip's also of course been a podcast guest in the past um but it's interesting that the supporters that we've had on patreon so far uh, part of that deal is that i put a nice graphic up for you and put you on a page so that people can find you on the podcast and uh, all the people who've supported so far i've asked them if they wanted that and because they're generally new authors uh, they've said no to taking that up so pip's the first person the first patreon supporter to say, you know, yes, I've got a book out. Yes, could you put it on a Patreon page? So if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com now, and if you look in the top right horn hand corner, you'll see Patreon supporters page, and you'll see that I've promoted Pip's Escape from Egypt book on there. And um, two things about Pip, well worth looking out her interview. Pip is a uh, Pinterest ninja. I've never seen anybody using Pinterest as well uh, in an author from an author point of view as Pip. Absolutely brilliant. So make sure you listen to her interview for that. But also check out the artwork uh, that Pip uses in her books. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous artwork. And if you go to the Patreon supporters page, you'll see Escape from Egypt and that lovely bit of artwork that accompanies uh, that particular book. So thank you very much for that, Pip. And if you would like to sponsor the podcast, just go to selfpublishingjourneys.com and I'd love to see you over at Patreon or as a PayPal supporter. Okay, so uh, you'll be listening to this. If you're listening on Saturday, on the day that I'm packing up my bags and, and heading home from Spain, hopefully the weather's been good out there. So I'll be back with a, a regular podcast diary and with my regular roundup of writing news uh, a week from now. On Monday, my podcast guest is Dan Van Oss. Now, Dan has produced the cover for my new sci-fi book, Deleted. And I, I bought the cover from one of these pre-made cover uh, sites and it was a really good price compared to the sort of 300 400 pound that I had paid for something like the secret bunker and I got chatting to Dan uh, and he said oh I listened to the podcast it's a complete coincidence I just happened to to buy the cover because I loved it and um, Dan got back to me and said oh I listened to the podcast which is which is lovely this is why I love doing the podcast uh, it's amazing who you meet and who listens and um, I checked Dan out as you do and found that he's doing some really interesting things uh, booked him in for an interview and had a really big surprise because I, I thought he was writing one kind of book. And I found out in the interview, and I hadn't unearthed this in my research, that he was writing a completely different kind of book. So not only Dan is a very talented uh, book cover designer and artist, but he's also, also the author of sweet and sunny romantic comedies. He's a, a bloke who writes romantic fiction. We have a fantastic conversation about that. It's really, really interesting. So uh, Dan's my guest on Monday. That's going to be episode number 94 of the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. And that's going out on Monday, the 18th of December, 2017. I'll be back next Saturday with another podcast diary. I do hope that you have a fabulous week of writing. Until then, bye-bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing. Now, you're not used to hearing me right at the end of the podcast, but here's a little surprise. While I was recording that episode, I pressed the stop button. I went to book report to just check my stats. And would you believe it, while I was recording that podcast episode, I broke the £5,000 mark. So for a finisher completer like me, that feels fantastic. So at the end of this podcast, reviewing 40 days of BookBub, in 40 days of BookBub, I have just broken £5,000 in that 40-day period. So I'm very chuffed. That feels like the ideal cue to go for a week in Spain. See you in a week. Bye-bye now.